Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845-800-760-1845-800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. They say it's in your blood, a game that can't be won, only played. A love affair. It satisfies the soul and frustrates the intellect. The greatest game ever played. Golf. It's real. And this is Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of legendary golfer Billy Casper. Talking golf with you for more than two decades. And now, here's Brian and Bob. Yeah, thank you very much and welcome into another edition of Real Golf Radio. I'm Brian Taylor alongside Bob Casper. Thanks again for joining us each and every week. Hit us up on Twitter at Real Golf. Website's realgolfradio.com, and you can download us where your favorite podcast is found. Got a fun show for it. USAM edition. We'll also be talking playoffs, of course. But Carson Lundell, who's uh, going to be a senior, kind of a COVID senior with uh, those rules, and uh, coming off his competition, he made it inside the round of 32. And uh, at the USAM this week, and he's going to be joining us coming up in just a few minutes. Mitch Voges, who won the USAM back in 1991, is a good friend of the show, former broadcaster as well. He joins us this hour. And then on the back nine, of course, it's America's favorite caddy. Bob, here we go. We got AM going on. Uh, We got the playoffs round two. And at the end of this week, it's trimmed from 70 down to 30. Uh, it it there are certainly some stories of some players that can work their their way into the top thirty and and sort of change their status, if you will, on the PGA Tour. But in a lot of ways, it feels like the guys that are you would expect to make it to East Lake are the guys that are trending to get to East Lake. Well, and especially if you if you made it into the top ten going into uh, the BMW Championship, you're pretty well assured of uh, being able to um, get to. Uh, the tour championship at East Lake, but you know if you're in that if you're in that twenty to thirty position, man, you got to go out and you got to play some good golf this week and um, try to keep yourself in that position so that you can set up your year for the following year with all the the best events and and major championships and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot on the line. Sure, it's about winning the FedEx Cup and the Tiffany Trophy and the bonus money and all of that type of thing. It's a little bit of house money right now making the playoffs. You already have your position and your card secured for next year, but there is so much more that goes along with that, as we talked about with uh, invitations to all of the major championships, the invitationals, and you know it's it's a big deal for a lot of players. Now, again, a lot of the players that are going to be playing at East Lake already have that status. 
So yep. in that sense, it's maybe just a little bit of a gravy for them. But still, nevertheless, it's fun to watch these guys this time of year and grind it out. And I guess at some point you got to say, hey, you know, uh, if I'm going to be sitting home, I might as well give it a go here over the last couple of rounds and see what might happen. We'll get into it all next. Thanks for joining us. Just getting started here on Real Golf Radio. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Of course I use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to clean tough messes off my stovetop and bathtub. But then I discovered I can also use it to easily clean my patio furniture and even my shoes. I'm hooked. And when wipes won't cut it, I use Magic Eraser Sheets. They're thin and flexible erasers, perfect for everyday messes, like gunk on my counters and sinks. They really are magical. The reviews are in. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and Sheets make cleaning look easy. Attention weekend gardeners, don't let insect pests destroy your hard work. Fight back with Maggie's Farm, created by pest control professionals. Maggie's Farm plant and mineral-based products provide amazingly effective insect control, like our 3-in-1 garden spray for organic gardening. Deadly on garden insects, but safe to use around children and pets. Maggie's Farm, lethal to bugs, easy on the planet. Now, for a limited time, get a free box of our patented no-spill and kill bait stations with purchase at greenbugkiller.com. That's greenbugkiller.com. If you want to start the semester strong, Staples has you covered. A gaming chair for my dorm. I mean, a desk chair for studying. Staples has you covered. A better way to organize my stuff instead of using milk crates. A desk lamp to help me pull all-nighters. Staples has you covered with remote workspace solutions. And now get 25% off desks, filing and storage solutions, lighting and decor with the purchase of any chair. Explore solutions for your remote workspace at Staples. The working and learning store ends 924 in-store only. With our newest unlimited plan, everyone's welcome. Introducing Welcome Unlimited from Verizon for just $30 a line per month for four lines with auto pay plus taxes and fees. Our best priced unlimited plan ever. Did he say $30? Yep, $30 a line for the whole family. The network you want, the price you love. Switch to Verizon today. Paper-free billing required. Unlimited 5G nationwide 4G LTE. In times of congestion, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. All smartphone lines on the account must be on Welcome Unlimited and are eligible only for select promotions. Includes domestic talk, text, and data usage only. Data roaming at 2G speeds. You know what a booster shot can be like? Charging a cell phone. Just like a cell phone charger helps restore your battery, a booster is given after a primary series vaccination to enhance or restore protection against COVID-19, which wanes over time. Boosters are recommended for people five years and older. Schedule a booster appointment as soon as eligible. You can even make the appointment on your phone, as long as it's charged. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Wendy's knows cold and soggy fries are the worst. So soggy. That's why we're serving up hot and crispy fries all day, every day. And all night. Until close. With natural cut potatoes, sea salted to perfection. Show me that potato skin. Wendy's hot and crispy aren't like other fries. We're your dream fry. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's hot and crispy fries. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. If yours aren't, bring them back and we'll replace them. Back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Hey there, Brian and Bob back with you. This segment brought to you in part by Black Desert Resort. 
in St. George, Utah. Check out blackdesertresort.com and find out about this new Tom Weiskopf Championship Design Golf Course, the hotel and spa, shopping and dining, all that goes along with this incredible new resort that is coming to Southern Utah. Go to blackdesertresort.com. Exclusive real estate opportunities are available. And I was just down there this last week, rubbed my hand on the putting green, and I'm telling you, another three or four weeks, Bob, you'll be, they'll be able to cut that thing down hmm. and you can roll some golf balls on there. So there will be nine holes open go. coming up this fall, fully opened in the spring. And uh, it's exciting. It's going to be such a great course. The contrast between the green fairways, the white sand, the black uh, lava rock, and then the red hills all around, it is remarkable. Yeah. Uh, it is really, really yep. cool. So check it out at blackdesertresort.com. All right, so I kind of left off there. You know, when you, when you look at the the tour and, and these round number two of the playoffs, started with 125 getting in, and then, of course, 70 is playing this week. It gets trimmed down to 30 for the tour championship. I imagine mm-hmm. that there's... As much as you want to get in, you're pretty happy if you're in that. If you just snuck in at number seventy, in the high sixties, fifties, you're you're happy to play another event and get another check and and having advanced right in the playoffs. And yet, there's another yeah. segment that are in that forty to fifty range that are trying to pop inside the top thirty and take it one step further. I guess I'm curious what what you think the mindset of these players would be. Um. Is it? Do you take some solace in the fact that you made it through the first round, that you made it into the playoffs, and and then got into the top seventy for the year, or are you disappointed walking away and not being part of the top thirty and getting to the tour championship? Well, I think what you said um, in the opening segment is, you know, you get in, you get in the one twenty five, you're you're exempt for the next year. That's how that's how you continue to keep your card and move forward is getting into that 125 every year. But when you, when you have an opportunity to get into the next 70, you know, and, and get another event, then it's, it's like you said, playing on house money. And, um, you know, for those guys that are close, it becomes a little bit tougher or the guys that are trying to hold on to get that 30th, you know, the top 30, and then anything can happen from that point. But, the other thing is the guys that are, you know, outside the, you know, 50th or whatever, between 50 and 70 and that kind of thing, guess what? You just go out and freewheel it, man. Just try to make as many birdies as you lose. can and move yourself up the leaderboard and see if you can if you can work into the top 30. Yeah, why not, right? And the good news is, is there's yeah. no cut, so you got four rounds to do it. Doesn't matter. You got four rounds and you got you got a pocket full of money at the end of the week. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's good, right? This is, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, live and what the they're trying to offer, that's what the FedEx Cup playoffs, you know, there was a lot. It, it is interesting. I was thinking about this. When the FedEx Cup playoffs was introduced, people, golf writers, some of the older guys, the purists, mm-hmm. they sort of poo-pooed the whole idea of the FedEx Cup as just a big money grab. You know, why is this going to be some prestigious event? It's not. It's They're just playing because it's a lot of money. That's what makes it prestigious, right? Do you remember these conversations? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and now we find ourselves here, and, and it's all about this money conversation between, you know, this new league and what uh, what the PGA Tour is doing. And in some respects, the the FedEx Cup playoffs have earned because of the history and the players who have won it. And sure, the money that's there, there is a, a level of prestige. But they 
they've it's not been just about the money because that would be a silly season event. The reason right. it's not just about the money is because of the other things you just talked about, the qualifications that come along with it, the exemptions that go along with it, right? So it feeds in, it works within a system that is the PGA Tour and sets you up for playing those events for the rest of the year. So that to me that there there's a bit of a difference, but this bonus pool for the best players who play the best for the year to me, that's what the FedEx Cup's all about. Yeah, and it's um, it's amazing. The only thing that I'm not quite sure of, which just changed a few years ago, is the idea that when you get into the FedEx Cup, that uh, that you're already spotted, you're already spotted positions and under par. You know, uh, Scotty Scheffler has a very good chance, or uh, Will Zalatoris to start next week at East Lake at ten under par. And, um, and, and, and the, the guys in the guys, top 10 yeah. will be pardon. No, as I say, it's like 26 to 30 starts at even par. So they're 10 shots back. Yeah. It starts at even par. So they got a 10 shot. They're 10 shots back. So this comes you know, up every go year. There go, you, go ahead. Finish your thought. I want to ask you about it. I, I was going to say, you go there and play a good week and you know, you move yourself up that leaderboard and you get more of that pot of the Fed, FedEx money and bonus at the end of the year. But you know, to these guys, yeah, that money is all there. You get that top 30, that money's all there, and you get to make more. But guess what? What they're looking to do is get themselves in position to be able to play all the major championships, mm-hmm. play all the big invitational events, and um, and be able to set their, their years up. These guys are working to become the elite players in the game of golf. And we've seen Scotty Scheffler do it. We've seen now Will Zalatoris on his rise. We've seen, um, you know, Jordan Spieth. And we've seen all these young guys come out into the game and and make their rises up in the ranks to get to where they're going. Looking at Cam Young this year. I mean, the guy's had a phenomenal year in the game. And he's inside the top 10 right now in FedEx Cup points. And he's he looks like he's going to the Tour Championship. So... That's what these guys want. That's what their goals are. That's what they're excited about. Well, Cam Young's a really good example. If you would ask Cam Young, hey, um, you know, how about if you uh, go out your rookie year and make uh, eight, eight to $10 million? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. But that's what he's set up to do. He's set up to oh, do I that, know. right? I mean, for a rookie. Yeah. Right, so I, yep. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty impressive uh, what what is out there and what's available and um, but yeah, so you, you mentioned the ten under par. This is what's hard about this, Bob. Is on the right. one hand, you want the golf tournament and the tour championship to mean something. If this is game seven, for instance, you mm-hmm. can't spot somebody some points because they, you know, what they did through the regular season. Uh, you, you look at Major League Baseball, and the winner of the of the All Star Game gets home field advantage in the World Series, or you know whatever the whoever had the overall record gets home home court advantage in the NBA, you know for that. Now the Super Bowl is played on a neutral site, and and it moves around. What what are what advantage? So in some regards, you got to protect the season while at the same time pr- protecting the integrity of the championship. Right. 
the, the confusion that took place between, well, this guy's this far along, but he's this far along in the FedEx Cup. Well, he's leading this week at Eastlake. Looks like he's going to win the Tour Championship, but he's going to finish fourth in the standings of the FedEx Cup. And this guy only needs to, remember VJ, only, all he had to do was show up and walk four yeah. rounds and he got the trophy. So you can't have that yeah. either, right? So somehow protecting that all, it, it ends up being a whoever wins that week is the FedEx Cup champion. You get both trophies. There's no two guys hoisting trophies at the end of the week. And I think I think that makes sense. It just feels wrong, doesn't it, that you start 10 yeah. under par or you're spotting guys' strokes yeah. like it's some sort of a net tournament here. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. And, the only and difference is you're spotting the, the better thing. player strokes rather than the better player spotting you strokes. <laughs> that's the way that that's the way that goes. <laughs> which you know, which yeah, but you know what? All these all these guys that are playing that week, um, especially in the top five or the top ten, they can beat each other's brains out any day of the week. And you know, if one of them gets hot and has a really good week. Um, and he's able to win the tournament and move that far up in the FedEx Cup standings that he wins um, the the FedEx Cup, then, you know, it uh, all the more power to him. But, you know, Scotty Scheffler's had definitely a phenomenal year, uh, winning four times with a major championship. And uh, I just saw a graphic um, in the, on, the, on the broadcast that the winner of the FedEx Cup has had a minimum of three wins in a single year. Every winner of the FedEx Cup has had at least three wins in a single year, and Scotty Scheffler's like right there. So Interesting. Billy Horschel had three wins the year he won the FedEx Cup. That surprised yeah. me. I didn't realize that. Interesting. All right. Yep. Well, there you go. Um, we got to take a short break. When we come back, Mitch Voges, the 1991 U.S. Amateur Champ, is going to join us with his thoughts on the AM, uh, as well as his thoughts on today's professional game, as well as good friend, former broadcaster. We'll hear from Mitch Voges next, right here on Real Golf Radio. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. If you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008, pay close attention to this message. Hernia mesh manufacturers have recalled some of the mesh material that may have been used in your surgery due to high failure rate. The FDA has even blamed the recalled mesh material for some of the worst of the health issues reported by doctors and patients. If you've had two or more hernia surgeries for the same issue and you're having severe complications, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-817-2968 800-817-2968 That's 800-817-2968 Let's say life knocks on your door and you need money to live on or pay bills. What do you do? Would your life be better if you were able to take the equity you've built in your home and spend it any way you want? Here's an idea. Call Easy Knock. They can help you convert the equity in your home into cash in just a few days. If your home is worth $100,000 or more, Easy Knock will buy it from you. You get the money you need, and you stay in your home as a renter. Plus, depending on your program, you can buy it back at any time. If you think you might not qualify, remember... They can say yes when your bank says no. Call Easy Knock now and get the cash you need out of your home. Easy Knock is not a lender. Its products are not available in all markets. Terms and conditions apply. 
That's 800-245-9187. Come on, you watch the news. Be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. With the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. Oh, good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than 1000 If you owe the IRS 5000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. Call 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you here on Real Golf Radio. And this week, uh, one of the great championships in the history of the game. It's the United States Amateur that is being contested. And one of our good friends happens to have won this event. The 1991 U.S. Amateur champ, Mitch Voges, who spent quite a bit of time playing professional golf as well as a, being a professional broadcaster and commentator uh, in the world of golf. And we had the pleasure to work with him on several major championship broadcasts. And Mitch joins us right now. Mitch, how are you, man? I'm doing great, guys. How are you doing? Good. I I just think it's so interesting that in the midst of all of the live and money talks and all this type of thing, here the USGA is contesting two weeks of the U.S. Amateur. And we're well, it's not even two weeks. There's there's multiple versions, but the U.S. Women's Am and the U.S. Am the, the last week and this week, and nobody's going away with a check. And these you know, these folks are out there playing just for the love of the game. It is sort of an interesting dichotomy. You know, that's a good point that you make, uh, Brian. One of the things that's really interesting is you'll hear all the current players today, they tune in and watch the amateur because they all came through those ranks. They almost all played in them, and guys even today will recall who their matches were, who they played against, who they lost to in the quarterfinals or, or what have you, or who they beat in the, in the finals. The, the players on the tour follow the, the amateur pretty closely, a lot closer than you'd expect. Yeah. Well, I think if you look at Tiger Woods, when whenever he talks about it, and Jack Nicholas, whenever he talks about it, they speak of winning the U.S. Amateur as a, a major championship, you yeah. know, and it's not it's not something that they just brush over in their careers. It's something that's right up there with their their most important wins. Well, in addition, in addition to that, I'll tell you, a few years ago, I got invited back to Detroit to something called the Turning Point. Which was um, which marked the 50th anniversary of Arnold Palmer's victory in, in the U.S. Amateur, which he called the turning point in his career. And Jack Nicholas, I've seen him on ads saying he thought that winning the amateur was perhaps one of the best achievements that he had in golf. And if you've watched any of the amateur this week, I saw that the USJ was running an ad where Mark O'Meara said that he's got his U.S. Amateur trophy right between his uh, Masters trophy and his British Open trophy. Mm. 
So, you know, the guys that play the game understand. They get it. You know, the, the other people now, and it, it was always considered a major championship. And I believe that really changed in the media's eyes when Tiger won three in a row because they didn't want him to catch Jack on the list of uh, all-time majors winners. You know, um, what's interesting is, you know, the consummate amateur golfer that we all think about is Bobby Jones and what he was able to do in winning the British Open, uh, the U.S. Open, the British Amateur, the U.S. Amateur. Um, Here in the United States, we all think about the U.S. Amateur. Uh, you know, outside, you know, a lot of people think about the British amateur, but you know, the, the amateur game is something that is untouched for the most part and is kind of pure golf, isn't it? It's, it's, it's separate and apart from what most people, you know, think of golf when they, when they watch it on TV. I mean, these guys are out there grinding for the love of the game primarily. And a lot of the guys that end up being big stars, We'll tell you, until they had success out there in the amateur ranks and, and the U.S. amateur being the, the pinnacle of that, you know, they weren't really sure that they, they were, you know, ready for a career in the game, you know, playing it. But, um, you know, the skill set and the shots that you see, if you get a chance to tune in and, and watch any of it, these guys can really play. And when you stop and think about it, you're going you're gonna to take, you know, six, 7,000 guys trying to get into 312 spots those 312 guys are going to then play two rounds of stroke play to get down to 64. And then you start killing each other off, you know, 50% of them go home after every round. I mean, it's, it's a grind. Do you think based on what you just said there, do you think that winning the am is in a lot of ways, one of the toughest championships to win? Because not only do you have some stroke play for seeding that you got to get through and then the qualifier just to get into that part, right? The local qualifiers, but then you've got a match play. And as we know, especially in an 18 hole match, anything can happen. Well, I remember when I was a little kid, just, just learning to play the game. And I was, I went out to watch a qualifying for a U.S. amateur. And I remember a couple of guys that were some of the better uh, amateur players in Southern California. I heard one guy make this statement. He goes, boy, you know, once a guy qualifies for the U.S. amateur, you can never call that guy a choker again. And I remember that. It still rings in my ear today hearing that guy say that in the grill room because that's the last thing you want to be when you learn to play is somebody that can't handle pressure. But when you stop and think about the grind that it takes, Bob and Brian, I mean, you have to get there and prepare to play two separate courses that you've probably never seen in your life. And you only have two days to do it. And then you have to, you have to execute. And there's a whole lot of really good players. I mean, what do you have to be like a one point, you know, eight handicap or 1.6 or something? Yeah. 1.6. Just to send in an entry. I mean, just to, just to send in an entry. (laughs) And there isn't a guy down there that can't play. I mean, there's, there's nobody that's a stiff that, and then to qualify, you're going to go up and, you know, most fields are going to have a hundred plus guys for maybe four or five spots. So, you got to play good every day and it, you know, you can't, you can't certainly can't take a match off because you know, these guys just roll right by. It's just one all America after another that you get to see, you know, and the other thing that's really cool about it is, you know, you have all these collegiate players, all these guys that are some of the best players in the world, top, top ranked amateurs. And then you also get all, you get guys that, that put in, you might have some 30 year olds or, 20 year olds in later twenties and that kind of thing. So it's, it's really cool because it's kind of open to everybody as long as you qualify and you can go out and play. Well, it, it, it truly is an open championship. I mean, if you've got some game, 
and you qualify via the handicap, you've got a chance to get in there and perform. And there's nobody can hold you back from that. It's, it's not like it's a selective invitational where you got to know the right guys or, you know, been to the right club or something else. I mean, if you can play, you can get yourself into the game. And I think just qualifying for that. I mean, I remember, you know, when I was on the Walker cup team, I got uh, approached by a couple of the members of the USJ and they were talking about expanding the field for the U S mid amateur. And they wanted my opinion. And I said, by all means, because that's, you know, they have a half a field there. They have 156 guys as opposed to 312 and the amateur. And I said, you know how many guys, you know, hit balls and, and sweat and work and, and, you know, walk blisters into their feet and on their hands, just trying to play in a national championship. I mean, that's a meaningful, that's a meaningful accomplishment. And to see these guys play, it's just, uh, and now of course, you know, on the golf channel that we have, I mean, you, you can see these kids now playing in select college tournaments around and you can follow kind of their career, even, uh, even on camera. And, uh, these guys can play. There's a lot of them that can play really well. Mitch Vogis, the 91 U.S. Amateur Champ, joining us here on Real Golf Radio. So back in 91, you defeated Manny Zerman 7-6 and six on the honors course there in Tennessee. I mean, that that's that's pretty stout. Uh, Manny Zerman's been – he was t- – tell us a little bit about that. I don't know all of the history, but Manny was in that thing a few times. And didn't Tiger beat him once too? No, Phil beat him the year before. It was Phil. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, and there's a history of guys coming back from losing the finals and winning the next year. I mean, that, that's that's happened a few times in the in the 122 year history of the tournament. But um, you know, it's just one of those days. I mean, you know, you, you you hope that when the when the white lights come on, that you can get you know you get your game and your thoughts and your nerves and your spirit under control. And in that final round, I thought I played the round of my life in the in the uh, semifinals just to get to the finals. You know, because you know, you're looking at the other guy, and one of the two is going to get the Masters, right? And uh, that was for, foremost in my thought. Is you know, I was looking at some of my last couple of putts, and then when I got in the finals, I just had one of those things that just it just worked. I mean, the first 22 holes, I think I had like you know, nine or ten birdies and an eagle. And um, oh, you know, when I got I got done at the time, Nick Faldo was the number one player in the world. And honestly, guys, it was the hardest, most difficult golf course I'd ever played. But I just, I mean, everything worked. Every, you know, four irons were going, you know, close to the hole and the putts were all going in. And I just, I just, everything worked. I got done and some of the press guys looked at me and they said, you know, like, where'd you come from? And another guy says, you know, Fowler wouldn't have had a chance today. So, you know, sometimes that just happens and you have to be grateful when, you know, when Providence shines on you. But, um, you know, other times guys getting get in that situation and everything, the wheels come off and, you know, it's hard to think and things speed up and, you know, as a, as a competitor, I think that's all you really want to find out is what, what you got inside when it, uh, when it matters. You know, and that question I just asked a second ago about, you know, all the collegiate players and then you've got guys that, that go and qualify. When you won in 91, wh- what was your age? I was 41. 41. Was full-time job. I was, uh, I was serving in you know, an ecclesiastical leadership position in my church, and I was coaching Little League. I was a Friday afternoon cart player at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at this. So Phil Mickelson in 90. So this is, this is the list of, of winners in, in there in the 90s. Mickelson, Voges, 
Justin Leonard, John Harris, who is the marker at Augusta, right? Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Matt Kuchar. I mean, you were Hank Keeney, David Gossett. I mean, so that that's that, those are the guys. I mean, that's super cool that your name is right there amongst those players. That's awesome. Well, one of my one of my favorite shows is is the Twilight Zone. A years past, and I remember. They had this this one episode called a game of pool, and somebody said, "Oh, you're the greatest of all time." And he goes, "It carries certain satisfactions," and that's how I'm going to answer that. <laughs> I love it. All right, so I, I got to ask you in the spirit of the USAM and, and what we've been talking about, and you've also you know spent your time uh, on this side of the mic uh, well, with what we're doing and calling events and calling professional golf and playing professional golf. Uh, what uh, what what what's kind of what do you make if you were to because I know people come up and ask you this. This is a, every time I'm at the golf course, somebody says, "Hey, what do you think of live?" And most of the time, I'll say, um, "I stopped. I stopped answering." And I says, "Ah, I don't know. What do you think?" Because I feel like most people ask, but they just they don't want to hear what I think. They want to tell me what they think. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna ask you, but I'm gonna actually hope that you'll tell me what you think. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? Like you can it. make an argument. You can make an argument on both sides of that equation, but ultimately I think you got to let players play where they want to play. And, um, you know, Norman's, Norman's had, uh, he's had an ax to grind with a PGA tour for what, 30, 40 years. He's been trying to close them down get world tours going or everything else. I mean, it's been a vendetta for him. I don't appreciate that. And I think, and I, I, on this one, I'm going to side with, with Tiger and some of the other guys that say, you know what? When you're playing for history, that means more than playing for, for dollars. And, the, you know, the thing that they're running right now, I, I haven't heard one word that the live thing is producing a dollar for charity anywhere or that they're doing something good in the community. I haven't heard any of that. And, you know, I, I, I go back to thinking about what it is right now in basketball or some of the other sports where the guys come down and I call it the Ernie DeGregorio thing. All you got to do is do a couple of wraparound dribbles or pass one between your legs and everybody goes, ooh, ah. But it's not like Larry Bird making your team all better and, and, and winning championships. And I think that what Liv is doing right now is really spoiling the game. And at the end of the day, I, I can't see this thing going for too long. I think that the Saudi fund is going to end up saying, you know, we've had our run, we've got our, you know, our sports washing or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, the game is not going to grow and get better because of, because of live golf and the, and you know, the circus that they're putting on when, when they have their events. Now, that being said, I'm still all for letting players play where they want, when they want. And, um, you know, within the, within the the confines of the, the rules and the structure of what the PGA tour is, I think the PGA tour needs to lighten up a little bit and let guys have a little bit more freedom to play overseas. I mean, these guys have all been playing in that in that Saudi championship down there for how many years, Bob? You know, I, you know a lot of years, eight yeah. years, well, or, you know, and a lot it was of part of the European tour until this last year. Yeah, and nobody had any problem with that. Nobody, nobody said no. You can't go play. And we had what you know, six, eight, ten guys went over there from you know, good players off the American yeah. tour. But it was never a big deal until this year. And uh, it's just sad to see the game breaking apart. It's it's sad to see some of the, the players that you you know you've watched over the years that you admire their their skill set and their and their their demeanor and the way they've conducted themselves all of a sudden now just you know banding the PGA Tour, which is worldwide has always been the goal of, to get out there and play that you know for for guaranteed check. And it's just, I mean, look at Perez, right? The guy gets out there, he gets on on 
Dustin Johnson's team, right? He shoots a couple of eighties on a closing round, the first two events, and he makes a million, you know, $900,000 a week. Yeah. Nice, nice work if you can get it. Nice. Well, and that's it, right, Mitch? I don't want to keep you much longer because I appreciate your comments. But the, the the challenge that I have is that's not what gets me excited about tuning in to watch golf. I like the idea, and I've said this a hundred times, that doesn't matter what your resume is. If you play a couple of bad rounds, you're missing the cut and going home unpaid. And conversely, doesn't matter who you are. If no one's heard of you, if you play four good rounds, you could change your life and, and hoist the trophy. That to me is compelling to want to tune in and watch golf. It's a meritocracy. I mean, yep. I'll get up, I'll get up at four in the morning to watch the British open. You know, I'll, I'll sacrifice sleep to see who's doing that. Yeah. But I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> there's no chance I'd do that to watch a live golf event anywhere at any time for any amount of money. It's and you, you don't typically tune in to see how much money a guy can make. You tune in to see yeah. guys rise up and, and, and beat somebody and, and play their best. So, well, Mitch, we appreciate it, man. Uh, always good to visit with you. And I just, you know, think the world of you. And when you, you know, when you think of uh, us amateur champs, it's fun to visit with you and, and, uh, let you reminisce a little bit about the 91 and, and uh, give us some thoughts on today's game. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, whatever happened to those other guys you listed? I don't know. I don't know. I'll look them up, I'm though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys are awesome. You're the best. Thanks. Thanks, Mitch. Mitch. just joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. You know what they all have in common, though? They all played in the what? Masters. Yes, they did. Every one of them. Yes, yeah. every single one of them. No, so that's pretty cool. Uh, more Real Golf coming up next. For over two decades, First Tee has created experiences that build character. We believe every kid deserves to feel supported safe to try something new and to be prepared for what comes next we develop their swing but more importantly their inner strength because we know what's inside doesn't just count it changes the game come join us at first tee visit firsttee.org when we think speed we think about speed tuning every aspect of the new rogue st drivers really i just think about hitting bombs yeah Past him. When we think total power, we think of our tungsten speed cartridge. A what speed cartridge? I don't know, but I like what it does. When we think max distance, we think... Oh, that's bomb! With our fastest, most stable driver ever, there's only one thing you'll think about. Nastier bombs. Think speed. Go rogue with Callaway, the kings of distance. I started Folds of Honor above my garage 13 years ago. Because 90% of spouses and children of killed or disabled U.S. service members receive no federal education assistance. Our mission has never wavered. We honor their sacrifices by educating their legacy. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to you, I will be a construction engineer. An elementary school teacher. Thank you for helping me fulfill my dream of going to med school. We're able to award these scholarships because patriots like you refuse to turn your back on the cost of freedom. Join the Folds of Honor squadron today. Your $13 a month will help ensure we never turn military families away. This is your call to duty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to people like you, I know my dad is not forgotten. Why do you play Chrome Soft? It helps me win majors. Same here. I agree. Yo, we want to hit those bombs. 
like these. And you? I get way better consistency. And control. There's just no ball that's better. Chrome Soft. Better for the best. Better for everyone. We all love heading to St. George for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What's been missing is a Scottsdale-style golf resort where you can stay and play and own your own residence. That's why we're building Black Desert Resort at Entrada, offering exceptional amenities from a spa, world-class dining and shopping, water park, and a Tom Weiskopf championship golf course. It's literally an outdoor paradise. Find out about exclusive real estate opportunities available now at blackdesertresort.com. Now, back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you here on Real Golf Radio. One of the players that was out competing this week at the U.S. Amateur who comes in at 82nd in the world... And he's won four times, got 13 top 10 finishes. He's going to be a senior, playing a senior season at BYU. He also happens to be a member at Alpine Country Club, loud and proud. And uh, we uh, certainly were rooting him on this week and made it inside uh, the round of 32, which was pretty awesome. Carson Lundell joining us right now. Carson, how are you, man? I'm doing so good. So good. Thank you for having me on. I, you know, when I texted your dad and I was like, hey, I really want to talk to Carson, uh, you know, like Friday evening. <laughs> and I said, I realize it depends on how the matches go. Um, but I was I was really hoping you weren't going to be able to uh, to take our call because you were busy preparing for the weekend. But nevertheless, man, congrats. First of all, making it into the 64, winning your first match and uh, and, and a valiant battle in, in the second match as well. Uh, just first of all, congratulations. That's awesome playing. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. It was it was a ton of fun out there. Ton of fun. So take us through a little bit of the process, you know, from from qualifying, getting out there, and then just what were those two golf courses were like? So the the top fifty in the world get exempt, and uh, and coming up to the exemption day, I think I was seventieth in the world, and so I knew I was hoping that I'd play really well in in a few of the summer amateurs where I could be exempt. And as the deadline approached, I realized it wasn't gonna be very likely for that to happen and so i mean it's always the most stressful day of the year you know 36 holes to play in the u.s amateur especially kind of you know where where i'm at ranking wise like obviously like i feel like i should be there i feel like i deserve to be there but there's still a chance i'm not there right so that you know the qualifying is always the most stressful day of the year and you know fortunate enough to uh to play really well and, and qualified and then from there it was just you know preparation i I really had no idea, you know, how, how Ridgewood was going to play or, or Arcola, the, the sister course. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't really know what to expect. And <laughs> when I got out there, it, I, I mean, I don't know if I ever could have been prepared for, for those, for those courses. Um, Ridgewood is just a, it's just a beast of a course. It's, it's long, it's, it's tight, narrow, Super, super fast greens with a lot of undulation and by far the thickest, heaviest rough I've ever played in in my entire life. <laughs> so it is, I mean, you miss the fairway, you're praying for a chance to even get near the green. So it's extremely tasking off the tee. And uh, Arcola was a little different. I, I actually, you know, thought Arcola, you'd be able to score really well, but they had some really, really 
nasty pins out there and the greens were running about a 13, 13 and a half. And it's just, it's just tough, you know, and especially, you know, championship USGA championship conditions. It's, it's just tough. You've, you've really got to play some good golf to, you know, have a chance of making match play. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, play well enough and, and really, really battle to, to make my way in there. So how, how, how much time did you get to be able to play those two golf courses to maybe um, get a little bit more comfortable with them? Uh, is it just like one day on each course before you start or were you out there earlier than that? Yeah. So it's just one, one practice round at each course and you just gather all the information you can possibly gather and, and uh, yeah, just try to yeah get as prepared as possible. You know, it's funny. I, uh, at Ridgewood, I, in the practice round, I, I mean, I, I hit the driver just horrible. So I was in the rough every hole and I was just like, this is the hardest golf course on the entire planet. Like <laughs> on the entire planet, this is the hardest track. You miss the fairway and you're just literally fighting. I mean, we, I think we had four lost balls just in the primary rough in the practice round. Like it was crazy. And I was, I was like, man, I really, really have to hit my driver in the fairway and, and get it really dialed in if I want at all any chance to, you know, compete here. Carson Lundell joining us uh, fresh off his uh, performance at the U.S. Amateur. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's the story. It almost looked as if they, they the USGA <laughs> took out a little even more aggression on the length of rough than they did at the U.S. Open. It, it certainly felt that way. And then they had about, <laughs> I think they had four or five par fours that were over 500 yards. And it's just like, man, really, if you miss the fairway there, there's no chance you're hitting anything more than, you know, a nine iron or eight iron out of that rough and 500 yard, you know, par, par four. Normally you're going to be looking at a six or seven, six or five iron. in. so yeah, it, they, they, have, sure. So you, you also had uh, some of your teammates from BYU that, that also qualified to play. How was that to be able to have them there and you guys kind of feed off each other and help each other out a little bit as far as preparing? Yeah, it's, it's a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun having, you know, especially four of us out there. I think that's, that's pretty special to have that many guys from, from our team out at the, you know, arguably the biggest amateur event in, on the entire planet. Um, and the first day, the tee times for the practice rounds filled up just crazy quick. But I was, I was able to play with Elijah uh, Turner at, at Ridgewood, and, you know, we had a great time. And, and, you know, just talk strategy and, and whatnot and, you know, how we, how we were going to approach, um, you know, playing Ridgewood. And then at Arcola, I played with a few buddies that, uh, that I've just met throughout the years, a few guys from Stanford. And, uh, yeah, it was the same thing. It was, you know, extremely high caliber players. And I was able to learn a lot, you know, from them and how they approach things and, and you know, watch what they do and, and jot down some notes, you know, and, and just add it to mine. So, yeah, it was. But, yeah, having four BYU guys out there and, you know, rooting each other on was – it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. So, Carson, uh, you uh, ended up losing in the second round there to uh, Dylan Menante, and he has made it into, uh, I guess, what are we in the quarters now? Uh, tell us a little bit about um, about his game and, uh, and, and what we might expect uh, watching him going forward. 
Yeah, I've I've uh, I've played quite a bit of golf with Dylan, you know, through throughout the last few years, you know, in amateur events, and he's he he's played at Pepperdine, but he's just now transferring to North Carolina. So I've probably played you know seven, eight, nine, you know, maybe ten times with them. So I'm really familiar with his game, and he just, I mean, he he doesn't hit it very far, but it's just poker straight, and the dude can can short game the heck out of his ball. He just he can get that thing in the hole from anywhere. And so I knew it was going to be tough. I knew I was going to have to make birdies. And uh, very first hole, he hits it right down the center of the fairway and hits it to three feet. And I was like, okay, like, <laughs> I've seen this. I know. And, you know, luckily I, I, I hit a great drive a little bit past him and I got up and hit my wedge shot to about a foot and a half. So <laughs> it got out to, to an awesome start. And, and yeah, it was just a battle from there. He, uh, he made a few early mistakes that I was able to, able to capitalize on and, get a quick two up lead. And, uh, anyways, it, it, it was looking really, really good for me. I, uh, you know, I think on hole seven, he was, he was in a lot of trouble and had to lay up from the, from the fairway bunker. And I had a, I bombed a drive and had a seven iron in and flagged it, but ended up flying about two yards too far into the rough. And I had a, about a six footer to go three up and just barely burned the edge on it. And I knew that, you know, I knew I needed to make that, um, you know, to keep kind of my, my momentum going. And, you know, I, I wasn't able to do that. And then the very next hole, of course, he birdies a 510 yard, arguably the hardest hole on the course, number eight. So from what, from what could have been three up, went to one up real quick. And then it was just, you know, it's an absolute battle from there. Hey, Carson, uh, before we let you go, and again, congrats on the success at the M. What do you do now? you got one year left in college. Uh, you're obviously playing a lot of the premier amateur events. What, what's sort of your approach, I guess, and uh, trying to improve your, your world rankings and, and, and take that next step as you start to look towards professional golf? How does that all work? Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, it's been a great summer playing in all the top amateur events, and then I was fortunate enough to get an exemption into the Corn Ferry event, and you know, it's just, it's really cool to see, you know, kind of have a, you know, confirmation of where my game, you know, is compared to, you know, the professionals on the Corn Ferry Tour, the top amateurs in the world. And, and, uh, you know, it's just a big confidence booster because I, you know, I, I played great at Ridgewood. I, you know, I felt like I was, I'm the U.S. amateur. I feel like I was, I was very far from my best stuff. And so, you know, it's just motivation for me to continue to work hard and, and try to reach the, you know, the full, the full potential that I believe I, I can. And so, you know, going into my senior season, I, I'm just more motivated than ever to, to really just put my nose in the dirt, work hard and, and get everything I can out of my game, you know, for my final season at BYU and, you know, hope to have an opportunity to, you know, make some noise and who knows, maybe have a chance to play somewhere, you know, directly out of college. So that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. And my mindset is just, you know, work as hard as I can be prepared and you know play play the game i love i guess i love it great attitude and awesome. uh, obviously the game's uh, uh, doing well for you so we wish you continued success and uh, again w- well done out there at the am okay thank you guys so much appreciate Thanks. it you bet there you go byu senior number 82 in the world uh just coming off the u.s amateur carson lundell joining us here on real golf radio here's a simple solution for you if you have back pain knee pain or any other pain in your body it's as simple as drinking a glass of water every day your body is over 60 percent water and drinking the best water you can get is crucial for your health 
Echo Antioxidant Water, developed by Synergy Science, is the best water you can drink, and it's only available through this special radio offer. Over 1,000 research studies have shown that the powerful antioxidant used in Echo Antioxidant Water can reduce inflammation, improve brain function, help you sleep better, and boost gut health. With just two glasses a day, you can experience these benefits right from the comfort of your home. Some people have even replaced their morning coffee jolt with Echo Antioxidant Water. Call now and learn which Echo product by Synergy Science is right for you. We offer free shipping and a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Change your health by simply changing your water. 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. That's 800-944-1789. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them. And it's proudly made in the U.S. USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, thanks again to Carson Lundell, senior at BYU playing in the USAM, as well as Mitch Voges, the 91 US Amateur champ. Great to have him uh, both, have the both of them on the show here in hour number one. And again, great to have the USAM going on this week. Coming up on the back nine, hour number two, we'll welcome in America's favorite caddy and we'll get his take on the golf courses they're playing, as not, not only in the AM, but on the PGA Tour at the BMW Championship. Wilmington Country Club kind of looks like all those guys can handle out there. Jordan Spee saying that a 68 is a yeah. really great round around that golf course. Yeah, you know, some some courses those guys play, they just 
scores don't get too low and it's really fun to watch how they get themselves around the golf course and if they can score and make some birdies again top 30 moving on to the tour championship stay tuned the back nine's next hi this is rick tittle tune in every sunday night at 9 p.m pacific time for the video game review we'll review games we'll give away a brand new game we'll talk cheat codes new releases and your calls as well that's right here every sunday night on the sports byline usa broadcast network You're listening to the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell from the Jackson Hole Symposium Friday morning says America's recession will hurt more before it gets better. The burdens of high inflation fall heaviest on those who are least able to bear them. Restoring price stability will take some time and requires using our tools forcefully to bring demand and supply into better balance. Reducing inflation is likely to require a sustained period of below-trend growth. After the outcry from America on the FBI's raid on President Trump's home, the Department of Justice's Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, is being forced to turn over the affidavit for the warrant to authorize the raid. The judge did give the DOJ the okay to hide some of the information. Thanks for listening. It is well appreciated. We are USA Radio News. We are excited to introduce our newest advertiser, Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Now, I can already hear many of you wincing or crossing your legs, but we've all been trimming and then, ouchie, wow! That's why over 6 million men worldwide already trust Manscaped. And now, Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 has arrived. First, you get the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the greatest down-there trimmer ever and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's waterproof and has an LED spotlight for a more precise shave. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and ear hair trimmer. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts. The Manscaped boxers and the Shed travel bag. Get with the program and take your grooming to the next level. Get your Manscaped performance package 4.0 and take 20% off and get free shipping with the code USA Radio at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USA Radio. One of the James Bond cars went to auction and reaped a hefty price. Sean Connery's James Bond car brought in a whopping $2.4 million at auction this week. The silver 1964 Aston Martin DB5 was driven in the 1960s James Bond films when Connery played the famous secret agent. The car used in the films came complete with gadgets like machine guns and an ejector seat. The auction company said they expected the car to bring in between $1.4 and $1.8 million, so the final price tag came as a bit of a surprise when the unnamed buyer walked away with the winning bid. That's Tim Berg reporting. Facebook and Meta founder Mark Zuckerberg admitted Thursday that his Meta platform suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop story in the final weeks before the 2020 presidential election after a visit from the FBI. He says it sucks the story wound up being verifiable. USA Radio News. 
I was 53, divorced, and ready to get back out there. I was unsure about dating sites, but I signed up for Silver Singles and quickly met Lily. Mark and Lily rediscovered the romance they deserve on Silver Singles, the secure dating site for 50-plus singles who know what they want. Lily's a lover of the great outdoors, like me, and we instantly connected over it. If you're like Mark and want to rediscover that feeling, sign up today at silversingles.com slash chat. That's silversingles.com slash chat. Two people were killed and four others wounded in a shooting at a Kentucky homeless shelter for men Thursday night. The shooting occurred around 7.40 p.m. local time at the Harbor House Christian Center in Henderson City. As President Biden's plan to transfer student debt onto your responsibility, the backlash has been swift, as most Americans would love up to $20,000 of free money to pay off our credit cards. That's not going to happen. This money is only for student loan holders. North Carolina Republican Representative Greg Murphy on Newsmax Thursday says this is one of Biden's most disastrous decisions in office, second only to the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. The most disastrous decision made by this president, second only to this disastrous withdrawal in Afghanistan. What you're doing, what, what, what lesson you're telling this country is that your name, when you sign on the dotted line, that you are your, you're going to keep up your side of a commitment doesn't matter anymore. This is the, it's wrong to call this debt forgiveness. This is called debt transfer. To you and I who actually took out loans, who worked two jobs to pay them back, or parents who sacrificed so much to put their kids through school, this is a lesson. And, and putting off the other loans when they're complaining, they're, they're, they're uh, torting, they're uh, touting their low unemployment rate is absolutely a socialistic takeover. This is a political move meant to buy votes. Lance Pry, USA Radio News. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income, and it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. Well, we have nine more holes to go, so how about you two fellas follow me to the 10th tee? On to the back nine, hour number two of Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper. Two players down the middle on the 10th hole. Here's Brian and Bob. Hey, welcome in. It's hour number two, the back nine of Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you here. It's uh, round two of the playoffs on the PGA Tour. We also have the U.S. Amateur being played in New Jersey. In hour number one, we spent quite a bit of time talking about the U.S. Am. If you missed it, go to our Twitter page, at Real Golf. The 91 U.S. Amateur champ, Mitch Vaux, just joined us. Carson Mundell, who competed and made it to the round of 32, joined us. Still to come here on the back nine, hour number two, the caddy will join us. America's favorite caddy been joining us for over 20 years here on the show and uh we'll get uh, some thoughts on these golf courses they're playing some pretty tough setups this week bob 
Yeah. Yeah, there are. Crazy stuff. Tough golf um, courses, both at AM on the two AM courses, plus what they're playing yeah. on the PGA Tour. Yeah, and that PGA Tour, that's a that's a long beast as well. Um, so, yeah, guys, guys are having to play some really good golf. And it's nice to see not a lot of low scores happening all the way around. You're a fan of the tougher challenge yeah. for these players? Yeah, and, and I am a fan of the tougher challenge, but I don't think it has to be long. Patrick Cantley came out and said this week that to make a golf course tough, it does not have to be long. Mm. You just have to do the right things, plant some trees, put bunkers in the right positions, that kind of thing, to make it more strategic and less just bomb it and hit it. I guess that's true. I mean, we heard Carson talk about par fours that are 515, you know, and uh, and just brutal, brutally hard. I get that these guys hit the ball a long ways, mm-hmm. and they don't want the today's athletes and athleticism combined with improved equipment to overpower these golf courses. Right. But there's plenty of examples of terrific golf courses that hold up in today's conditions without Correct. stretching it out to 7,600 yards plus. Yeah, and the, you know, there's courses on the PGA Tour that all the guys love that are 7,200 yards, and um, they're some of the best golf courses, Riviera and Harbortown, and those those are two that come to mind right off the bat. Mm. All right, well, we'll talk about that. Uh, we've also got projected playoff spots. We'll go over the leaderboards as well with the PGA Tour playoffs. Um, we've got some other news around Live as well, and the Live contracts came out, which I thought was pretty interesting. One of the articles that I read did a nice job of sort of breaking down. Uh, admittedly, I didn't read through all of the minutia from all of these contracts, but gathered what some of the uh, some of the media guys are summarizing. We'll get to that coming up next. Thanks for joining us here. Hour two of Real Golf Radio. Of course I use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to clean tough messes off my stovetop and bathtub. But then I discovered I can also use it to easily clean my patio furniture and even my shoes. I'm hooked! And when wipes won't cut it, I use Magic Eraser Sheets. They're thin and flexible erasers, perfect for everyday messes, like gunk on my counters and sinks. They really are magical. The reviews are in. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and Sheets make cleaning look easy. Attention weekend gardeners, don't let insect pests destroy your hard work. Fight back with Maggie's Farm, created by pest control professionals. Maggie's Farm plant and mineral-based products provide amazingly effective insect control, like our 3-in-1 garden spray for organic gardening. Deadly on garden insects, but safe to use around children and pets. Maggie's Farm, lethal to bugs, easy on the planet. Now, for a limited time, get a free box of our patented no-spill ant-kill bait stations with purchase at greenbugkiller.com. That's greenbugkiller.com. If you want to start the semester strong, Staples has you covered. A gaming chair for my dorm. I mean, a desk chair for studying. Staples has you covered. A better way to organize my stuff instead of using milk crates. A desk lamp to help me pull all-nighters. Staples has you covered with remote workspace solutions. And now get 25% off desks, filing and storage solutions, lighting and decor with the purchase of any chair. Explore solutions for your remote workspace at Staples. The working and learning store ends 924 in-store only. With our newest Unlimited plan, everyone's welcome. Introducing Welcome Unlimited from Verizon for just $30 a line per month for four lines with auto pay plus taxes and fees. Our best priced Unlimited plan ever. Did he say $30? Yep, $30 a line for the whole family. The network you want 
price you love. Switch to Verizon today. Paper-free billing required. Unlimited 5G nationwide 4G LTE. In times of congestion, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. All smartphone lines on the account must be on Welcome Unlimited and are eligible only for select promotions. Includes domestic talk, text, and data usage only. Data roaming at 2G speeds. You know what a booster shot can be like? Charging a cell phone. Just like a cell phone charger helps restore your battery, a booster is given after a primary series vaccination to enhance or restore protection against COVID-19, which wanes over time. Boosters are recommended for people five years and older. Schedule a booster appointment as soon as eligible. You can even make the appointment on your phone, as long as it's charged. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Wendy's knows cold and soggy fries are the worst. So soggy. That's why we're serving up hot and crispy fries all day, every day. And all night. Until close. With natural cut potatoes, sea salted to perfection. Show me that potato skin. Wendy's hot and crispy aren't like other fries. We're your dream fry. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's hot and crispy fries. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. If yours aren't, bring them back and we'll replace them. To Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Thanks again for joining us here on Real Golf Radio. It's brought to you in part by Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. When it comes to major championships, the playoffs, or the WGCs back in the day, the biggest golf events, more players choose Odyssey than any other putter. Odyssey is the number one putter in golf. Check out odysseygolf.com. All right, Bob, before we get into all the details, I got one for you here. Watching the USAM uh-huh. this week, watching the ladies mm-hmm. last week. Of course, that, maybe that doesn't exactly oh. qualify for... Well, hang on, I'll let you get there. But watching okay. the M and then watching the PGA Tour. Is it time that the Tour goes ahead and lets these guys wear shorts? I mean, you watch the guys... That won't happen. Well, look, you watch the guys in the M. They it, look, took a, it took a... I know, it took a long time for them to let them wear them in practice rounds. It took a long time to let the caddies wear shorts. When I caddied out in the early to mid nineties, no shorts. I get that. I understand that. And there are certain events like Augusta is not going to allow shorts. I understand that. No, it could be, it could be a case by case basis, but you could have a general tour rule that we're going to allow shorts. I think the guys look fine. You know, there was a while where we said, boy, we don't want to see, um, you know. There's amateur, there's amateur in shorts and professionalism in slacks. Oh, is it though? Like yes. literally they're the only it players is. in all of the we're game. Not, we're not. That wear pants. When, when Liv starts letting their the pros wear shorts, then you know you're in the wrong direction. So what, what is your point? Are they letting them wear shorts in Liv? No, okay. well, no, they're they're so doing lead it out on way. it. So lead out on it. That'd be a major no. staying point. Yeah. Hey, we're going no. to shorts. What do you got, Liv? Oh, okay. No. Sorry, not going to happen. Liv's going t-shirts. Oh, crap. Which, by the way, I'm not PGA so. PGA Tour already has t-shirts. <laughs> so called. <laughs> There's a button. Mock collars. It's a button or a mock. There's a little. Dude, the mock little, collars. Little I love Tiger. Button. I love Tiger, yeah. but the, the mocks tear. Now, the little one button sort of mini mock, I'm down with that. The Nike make the blade, yeah. I think they call yeah. it. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think See, they should go ahead and let them wear, wear shorts. Those. I was against it for a while. I'm, I'm not against it anymore. Let them wear shorts. 
We all wear shorts. <laughs> you can eat. You need to. You need to hashtag let them wear shorts. Well, I, I'm you down need to start that. posting. I bet I'm not the first one. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Okay. Guys anyway, sorry. It. I just had a little diversion there. I just thought you know, watching the amateurs, they look it's okay. They look fine. You know what? You know, and and I wanted to throw this in, and I know this is kind of off the beat, but um, you know. This week we have the U.S. Men's Amateur. Last week we had the U.S. Women's Amateur. It's played at Chambers Bay. And the winner, I love saying her name, Saki Baba. Yes. Saki Baba. She made, what was it, uh, 14 birdies said, in you said thir- 27 holes. You said 13 in her 13 final birdies in 27, in 27 holes. Yeah. And she birdied her last six holes in a row to win 11 and 9. Where's the Byron Nelson drop? Wow. And if you do why? that, why? You're going to beat somebody. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> well, we heard Mitch Voges in the first hour. What did he say? He made like nine birdies and two eagles or something. Yeah. And he yeah. won. Nine birdies and an eagle. He won by yeah. about the same margin. He smoked the guy. Yeah. He's seven and six in the championship match. Yeah. So it's not 11 yeah. and nine, but seven she and won six 11 is whopping. Yeah. 11 and nine. Yeah. You know, I watched her play. I think it was nine. her semifinal match. And she appeared to, didn't appear to me to be the most athletic out there, but her shots were like she hardly made a mistake. It was unbel- it was uncanny yeah. how how accurate she was. Yeah, yeah impressive. And, and the other thing is, is her short game and her putting was phenomenal. Almost everyone that participated in that their putting was phenomenal. I was blown away by oh, how good they putted. <laughs> You know, you know what yeah. I just, I sat there and I watched that and I'm like, I suck worse than I thought at putting. Those, <laughs> those girls are so amazing. Like every putt they looked at. Well, and, then, and, then, and then we played golf this week and I saw, hey, you lined up a few times and I, you're right, you did. <laughs> How did that happen? How did I somehow start lining it up like a foot left of where I should be looking? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Uh, well, hopefully we got you straightened out a little bit. I did I did have 30 putts today when I played, so that's a lot better for me. I mean, I get it that you – but but it's – I probably had 40 putts. Anyway, my point is I think I'm going to go back to the triple track ball. I sort of had run out of my bag, and I was just playing the non-triple yeah. track. I think yeah. the triple track really helps me line mm-hmm. it up. Gets it lined up. Mm-hmm. I agree. I like it. And so I got to get yep. myself lined back up because I that that just was yep. not working for me. So anywho, uh, all right. So you're uh, yes. Thanks for your comment on uh, Saki Baba. Uh, well played, and uh, the M uh, semifinals later on today. Uh, Jason Gore yep. has a new position on the PGA Tour. I found this to be kind of an interesting story. Share with us. Yeah. So um, Jason Gore was brought in by the USGA to be a at a time when the USJ was struggling with setup and players, you know, being very outspoken and that kind of thing. Jason Day, Jason Gore was then brought in by the USGA to be the player liaison. So they, he kind of was the in-between between the players and the USGA to make sure that the players were feeling good. And he turned that whole thing around. The players really like the USGA now and and the US Open and are treated phenomenally and they love it as one of uh the really really good major championships that it is. Jason Day or Jason Gore, sorry. You're going to stick with was that. just hired by was just hired by the PGA Tour to be a senior vice president and player advisor, so it's basically the same role, 
but it is a senior position and he reports directly to the commissioner, Jay Monahan. So I find that to be interesting from a couple of fronts. One, good for Jason yep. Gore for, you know, establishing his post-playing career and and being a, a person that is trustworthy enough on both sides, of, uh, if you will, from player and, you know, uh, organization or league. And the, the parallels between what the PGA Tour seems to be going through right now and what the mm-hmm. USGA was going through. The USGA was accused of being old and staunchy and wouldn't listen to the players and uh, setting the golf courses up, you know, unfair and ridiculous. And and it turned into the USGA ended up being the story almost at every U.S. Open. Right. Instead of the players and their play being the story. And so they bring Jason in and he fulfills the role you're talking about, Bob, where he listens to the players. He he takes the information. He deciphers it. And he is able to articulate it to the USGA executives to say, this is what the players are saying. And then they can decide, okay, well, Jason, how, what do you think? How do we implement this? How do we adjust? How do we, you know, and, and so by doing so to your point, the USGA setups have the USGA has not been the story in the championships. It's been the golf courses being there for the players and the players and and their play being the story. It's yeah. been like I can't. In fact, I'm thinking I'm going all the way back to was it Shinnecock when Phil hit yep. the moving ball? Yeah. And so it feels like they've they've learned from that. Now, now fast forward. You got the on the other side of it, you got the PGA Tour, who is quite frankly being accused of the same thing. Yeah. Old and stodgy, not changing, not listening to the players, those types of things. And now you bring Jason Gore in and maybe yep. follow that same blueprint yep. that seemed to work for the USGA. I find that to be interesting. It also, in some respects, is an admittance by the PGA Tour that they've got a problem. Yeah, Where no doubt. It seemed like before they were deflecting and saying, no, we don't got a problem. You know, players are the ones that are a problem because they're going over to live. Well, obviously, this the meetings that happened this week, and we haven't even touched on that, um, where Tiger yeah. and Ricky flew in and met with, you know, sort of a player only meeting. 21 players. They were discussing what it is that the players want and need and how they're going to implement it. Really, really pretty interesting stuff. Yep. So, anyway, we got to take a break and come up. The caddy's going to join us next, but we'll continue talking about this. So, the PGA Tour is listening. They understand they've got an issue and they want to get better and need to get better. So, not being able to outspend live. Let's do what we need to do to make us as the PGA Tour. I'm speaking for them. Uh, the yep. best, you know, we're, we're the best tour in the world. Let's continue to grow and make it even that much better, so that people don't yep. want to make the jump. Right? I mean, that's what it comes down yep. to. So, anyway, really interesting stuff. Great points, Bob. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the caddy coming up next. We'll get into the the playoffs, the golf courses, the USM golf courses as well. Insights from the caddy next here on Real Golf Radio. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. If you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008, pay close attention to this message. Hernia mesh manufacturers have recalled some of the mesh material that may have been used in your surgery due to high failure rate. The FDA has even blamed the recalled mesh material for some of the worst of the health issues reported by doctors and patients. If you've had two or more hernia surgeries for the same issue and you're having severe complications, call the legal helpline now. 
you could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-817-2968-800-817-2968-800-817-2968 That's 800-817-2968 Let's say life knocks on your door and you need money to live on or pay bills. What do you do? Would your life be better if you were able to take the equity you've built in your home and spend it any way you want? Here's an idea. Call Easy Knock. They can help you convert the equity in your home into cash in just a few days. If your home is worth $100,000 or more, Easy Knock will buy it from you. You get the money you need, and you stay in your home as a renter. Plus, depending on your program, you can buy it back at any time. If you think you might not qualify, remember... They can say yes when your bank says no. Call EasyKnock now and get the cash you need out of your home. EasyKnock is not a lender. Its products are not available in all markets. Terms and conditions apply. 800-245-9187. 800-245-9187. That's 800-245-9187. Come on. You watch the news. Be prepared to pay more taxes. Then, if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. With the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. Oh, good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than $1,000. If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. Call 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. Welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you here. Thanks so much for joining us. Hit us up on Twitter, at Real Golf. And, of course, it's time for your favorite segment each and every week. It's America's favorite caddy. There are bag rats. And then there are caddies. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. Yeah, the caddy joins us weekly right here on Real Golf Radio. Caddy, hello, sir. How are you? I don't think I could be too much better. I'm doing great, thanks. How are you guys? <laughs> guys. I like that. Use guys. We're, we're good. Use guys. Yeah. Well, we're playing the U.S. Amateur at Ridgewood, New Jersey, so you guys. I got to go do this thing. <laughs> 
Hey, uh, we had uh, one of the contestants on. He's one of the local guys from our club, plays at BYU, and uh, made it into the 32, lost in that second match. Uh, but to uh, Dylan Minante, who's who's on to the quarters, a really good player. But it was fun to talk to him. I mean, the amateur game. And then we had Mitch Voges. You know Mitch. We had him on the show as well. And it's fun to celebrate the AM going on. It, it might be one of the hardest USGA championships to win, given the qualifications required. And then, of course, moving from stroke play to match play, huh? It is. I, I, I imagine the U.S. Open's the hardest one to win, but um, USAM's pretty – it's difficult. Man, the match play stuff, you never know what's going to happen. That's what makes what Tiger did that much more amazing, winning those six straight – U.S. juniors and U.S. amateurs. That's, I think that's a safe record. That was the point that I meant, is be, meaning that it's so hard because of the element of luck that's involved a lot of times in match play. I don't, I'm not trying to cheapen anything, but, you know, Tiger's the first one to say it. Anything can happen in an 18-hole match. Absolutely. You, just, you can go out there and shoot 66 and get beat, and you can shoot 76 and win. And it's just, you got to get the timing now and then. So being that good, though, doesn't hurt, obviously. Yeah. Because most of the yeah. time, yeah, most of the time you're going to, it's kind of like that story I heard about. Did we did we bring up the thing about Nicholas not saying good luck when he's on the first tee of a match? No. And no. So the, story, the story is that Jack would never say good luck. He'd just say play well. And so he's walking off the tee in the final group on a Sunday and the guy says, Jack, you never say good luck. Why do you just say play well? And Jack goes, matter of factly, he goes, well, I know that if, uh, if I play well and everybody else plays well, I'm going to win. But if they have luck, they can beat me. So I just don't say good luck. <laughs> do you think that's where it came from? Because that's all, that's what everybody says. That's the, like, that's the, the, the thing to say, you know, Hey, play well. Uh, you know, I've heard that from, you know, junior events all the way up to guys out on tour, play, play well. Did it all come from Jack or is that, was that around long before then? I think Jack made it up. I'm giving it to Jack. You're giving it to Jack. Okay. Yeah. The reason like for it. Hey, here's I some- like play well. I- yeah. I usually say play. Yeah. You usually say that? If I say anything. Sometimes I just stare at him and don't say anything. <laughs> Depends on how intimidating kinda, I'm feeling today. Wait a minute. Kind of like Raymond Floyd used to do, right? <laughs> What's that? Raymond Floyd? Raymond yeah. Floyd used to stare at you and not say a whole heck of a lot in a round of golf. I've, I've, uh, I've won tournaments without without the stare but I've never lost one when I had it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Hey, Uh, so wait a minute, Caddy, are you telling me, and I want to get back to the U.S. Amnesty, but are you telling me that there's Caddy strategy in, in, especially in a match play situation? Like there's certain things that you're thinking you could do to give your player an advantage or maybe try to intimidate the opponent. Uh, I never would have behaved in such a way like that. Lots of line, as far as you know. As far as you know. Yeah, none of that, none of that. No, no, I mean, golf's so hard. Gosh, it doesn't take much to break the mental fragility that exists out there, does it? Just one little misplaced word. No. (laughs) 
I told you about the practice round so, with Watson years ago, right? But he, so how Watson was, I always idolized Watson growing up. And I finally, I, I got up, uh, it was during a practice round. My player got paired with, uh, I was in college. And anyway, we're playing a practice round with Watson at Shinnecock. And I'm just in heaven watching my hero, Tom. And this is when he had kind of not been putting real well. And without even thinking, he's sitting some practice putts from 10 feet on 17th hole. And I'm rolling the balls back going, this is about six in a row. And I hand him the balls as we're walking off the green. I go, I don't even know why I said this. It's one of the stupidest things I've ever said. I said, how you, how you been putting, Tom? And he looks right at me and he says, there's nothing wrong with my putting and just walks away. And I'm like, ooh, now Tom hates me. <laughs> so we walk off the next tee and he comes up to me walking off 18 and he says, he goes, Mark, I didn't mean to be kind of short with you there, but I haven't made a putt for two years. I'm just getting tired of hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I was, I've been pals with Tom ever since. But So that's, that's like, you know, that, that's where the that's a five line came from that day. And, and that's another line my buddies and I all say, always say now, there's nothing wrong with my putting. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love it. That's like when Jim Furyk kept being asked uh was that at Olympic Club? He kept being asked about his age and being in contention, and he got so mad. I'm not old. What do you say? I'm like four. I'm 48 years old, or something like that. I'm not. Oh, he got mad. Oh, he was not having it. <laughs> uh, so, so Mark, you've uh, you, caddy. <laughs> so, caddy. You've been able to be around that golf course where they're playing the USAM this week. Um, we talked with, as Brian said, Carson Lundell. We had him on uh, in hour one, and he was just saying that that was a beast of a golf course that those guys played this week. This let, yeah, it's a classic all you want golf course. It's uh, it's as classic USGA as you get: rolling hills, bent grass, tough rough, just pure design. I mean, it's. It's it. That's it. It's Ridgewood is right in that group of all those great Met section golf courses. Wingfoot, Shinnecock, the the whole Quail. I mean Quail. I mean I'm sorry, Quaker, Quaker. I was working on Quail Hollow today. That's why I have Quail on my mind. There you go. Either that or I'm going hunting early. <laughs> but yeah, no uh, Quake, Quaker Ridge, which no one even knows about. It's like my favorite place in the world to go play. Um, yeah. Ridgewood is phenomenal. Twenty-seven holes too. It's awesome. Mm. Interesting. Hey, I didn't even. I don't know if I've ever asked. Did you, did, Bob? I don't even know if I know this. Did either of you guys ever play in the USAM? I did not. I did. I did not ever play in the USAM. No. Did you both try I'm to just, qualify? I, I can assume. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, oh yeah, I, I tried to qualify. It's that's a tough one to qualify for any USGA event. You got to finish like top two or three in the group. And you know, if you're good, you're going to do it sooner or later. My big, my big disappointment was when I was a junior, I was trying to qualify for the U S junior and I'm in DC where I grew up and we're playing a congressional and I'm on the 34th hole. And this, this guy tells me you got to birdie the last two holes to get in the playoff. So I birdied the last two holes mm. and I got, I hit a 20 footer on 18, did a little Jack Nicholas raise with the left hand when it went in. Thought I was pretty cool. Like it. I got in a playoff. Getting a playoff with Emlyn Aubrey. Remember Emlyn Aubrey? Yeah. Mm. For a yes, while. I do. Yeah. He hits it. He hits it a foot and a half with his second shot on the first hole and knocks me out. 
and that was to go to Stanford. And I wanted to go to California so bad. I'd never been to California and I lost that playoff. And that was, I mean, that pretty much did it, did me in. I mean, our, our careers diverged at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he ended up playing the tour and I ended up carrying bags for guys who played the tour. It was a, no, not that much different, really. I was going to say, I'll bet your current yeah. earnings aren't too much different. I've probably out-earned them by now. <laughs> Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Emlyn Aubrey, line three. <clears throat> well, look, yes. if I, if, look, he wasn't out there. He wasn't out there for 30 years, okay? Right. There's a little bit of That's true. trickery in that. Yeah, we won't get to that. So. <laughs> He's definitely out-earned me on career yeah. earnings playing golf, for sure. Hey, what can you tell us about uh, Wilmington Country Club that the guys are playing this week? It's I heard Jordan Spieth say that you know sixty eight is a really good score around that that golf course. Yeah, you could play a U.S. Open there in a heartbeat. Uh, grow the rough from the greens, and you got a U.S. Open. It's long. It's kind of a classic type of course, like we're talking about. It's got some hills and some oak trees, and the bent grass looks to it. Um, it's just yeah, it's it's extremely long. It's really long. Man, is it long? Like seventy six hundred or something. It's crazy long, but um, wow, up top golf course. Yeah, they got you know. It looks like the roughs up a little bit enough, and uh, the greens are difficult. Yeah. You can they got some rock and roll on those greens, and so yeah, I I'm thinking the guys would like it. It's um, it's in the, it's in that northeastern pattern, rolling rolling course kind yeah. of classic. I think Robert Trent Jones did. It's been redone, you know, polished up here and there, and um, but it's it's kind of got it's got a lot of his kind of his green designs on it, so mm. right and left carries on greens. Anyway, that's too technical. What about what about the idea? Um, Patrick Cantlay made a comment this week. Um, the way you make golf course tougher is not make them longer. Um, and what are your thoughts on that as far as being able to toughen up golf courses on the PGA Tour and not um, necessarily having to make golf courses as long and as beasty as we've been talking about? So I definitely agree with that. And in fact, I'm sitting next to an expert on this subject who happens to be from Australia, Oz as we call it, and he immediately just says Royal Melbourne and notice I pronounced that properly mm. Royal Melbourne, like Melbourne toast. Is there Melbourne toast? Anyway, I said it correctly because I didn't want to get a look from my uh, friend here, but no, it's yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wiley, um, Riviera, Harbor town. If you ask the guys on tour to list their favorite courses, a good 30 to 40% of them are going to be under 7,100 yards. That's just how it is. I mean, that I think um, an easy hole for a tour player is a 485 par four with a bunker on the right and a bunker on the left and a reasonable sized fairway and a nondescript green. That's, they're just going to bomb it out there. Hit a seven, eight, nine iron into it. it, it that's easy. But you think about, I mean, we, we can go to the 10th hole at Riviera. That's the, the poster child of mm-hmm. difficult short holes. But you can go to lots of holes at Riviera that aren't that long, like number seven. Pretty cool little par four, and it gives drives guys up the wall. There's nothing 
tricky about it. It's just a good design. And you now Royal Melbourne is it's totally different. It's, I mean, that you're talking now, you get into the firm, the real firm running stuff that I love so much, right? I mean, that's, that's what you're starting to talk about down there. And you've got to look, it just takes precision on the shot on, it's not just, here's the thing that I think is tougher now than it was is distance control. Distance control was a big deal the whole time I caddied. Right. And, um, there, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is Michael Etherington who I'm sitting here with. Who's, who's an expert in golf, uh, and, and does yardage books around the world. And he's just mentioned that yeah, you got to land it here to end up over there. And you got to know how to do that. Think about it. And then you got to land it here. And if you don't, you could really be in trouble. Mm-hmm. And we saw some of that. I don't know if you guys saw by chance, happened to see the 18th hole, Scotty Scheffler and Dallas Torres were playing it in the, I think it was the first round. Yeah. On Thursday. And, Scotty's in the fairway and Zalatoris is in the rough. The pins in the back and they're talking about the slopes on the green and Scotty hits a really good, he's got 105 yards or something in with a lob wedge and he just doesn't quite get it up to the top and it spins a little bit and it comes back like 75 feet. And it was a pretty, you know, on most golf courses, he's going to have a 15 footer. But with this green design and the way it was, and then the Zalatoris comes out of the rough and he lands it and it runs up there about 15 feet behind the hole. Now, of course, Scotty two putted from 70 feet and Zalatoris three putted because no good shot should go unpunished. But <laughs> um, it just, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, think about Augusta, the way you have certain little areas to land the ball and everybody knows how it's going to feed and all this and that. But when you, when you get on a golf course that you haven't watched on TV or played a thousand times and you don't know all those spots, it really gives an advantage to guys who are able to look at that and figure it out. And that's fun. That's a lot of fun. Um, I love caddying when you had to really think a lot about where to place the ball and how, how much is it going to run out? Anyway, that's, um, yeah, you don't need length. You don't need the, the length just doesn't do it. Really. It just doesn't result in the high scores. It's other stuff. I love it. That's a discussion we can continue, certainly for another day. We're going to let you go. I know you got work to do. Caddy, good to be with you, man. Thank you, gentlemen. There you go. That's the Caddy joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Nice little insights. We'll continue talking about that next, right here on Real Golf Radio. I started Folds of Honor above my garage 13 years ago because 90% of spouses and children of killed or disabled U.S. service members receive no federal education assistance. Our mission has never wavered. We honor their sacrifices by educating their legacy. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to you, I will be a construction engineer. An elementary school teacher. Thank you for helping me fulfill my dream of going to med school. We're able to award these scholarships because patriots like you refuse to turn your back on the cost of freedom. Join the Folds of Honor squadron today. Your $13 a month will help ensure we never turn military families away. This is your call to duty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to people like you, I know my dad is not forgotten. When we think speed, we think about speed tuning every aspect of the new Rogue ST drivers. Really? I just think about hitting bombs. Yeah. Past him. When we think total power, we think of our tungsten speed cartridge. 
A what speed cartridge? I don't know, but I like what it does. When we think max distance, we think... Oh, that's bomb. With our fastest, most stable driver ever, there's only one thing you'll think about. Nastier bombs. Think speed. Go rogue with Callaway, the kings of distance. By now, you've probably heard about the new golf resort coming to St. George, Utah, Black Desert Resort at Entrada. This is going to revolutionize what Utah has to offer in a year-round one-stop golf and vacation experience. At Black Desert Resort, you'll get to play the new 19-hole Tom Weiskopf Championship Golf Course, hone your game at the -the state-of-the-art practice facility, and have a blast on the 36-hole putting course. And that's just getting started. Black Desert Resort features a resort center hotel, several residential villages designed for your vacation mood, including a family village offering endless fun in the water park. On-site shopping, dining, spa, hiking, and biking trails just begin to describe Black Desert Resort, situated below Snow Canyon and close to everything. Explore the exclusive real estate opportunities available at blackdesertresort.com. That's blackdesertresort.com. Black Desert Resort at Entrada, unlike anything you've experienced before. Why do you play Chrome Soft? It helps me win majors. Same here. I agree. Yo, we want to hit those bombs. Oh, like these? And you? I get way better consistency. And control. There's just no ball that's better. Chrome Soft. Better for the best. Better for everyone. Back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you here on Real Golf Radio. It's brought to you in part by Callaway Golf and the new Chrome Soft family of golf balls. Chrome Soft, Chrome Soft X, Chrome Soft XLS. Check it out at CallawayGolf.com. Better for the best, better for everyone, the new Chrome Soft family of golf balls. And uh, we appreciate you being with us. Thanks again to the caddy. You know, he got a little technical there. He found himself with another Greens Book guy. So now he was getting all into, like, Greens Book mode. But, you know, <laughs> hey, that's okay. It was some interesting stuff. Sometimes he tells stories, which he did. Sometimes yeah. he gives us some insights on the golf course. Uh, he's just he's such a great character and great uh, opinion and information. Guy's been around for a long time. I, I guess in my mind, I thought you and he had probably played in a USM at some point in time. So, we anyway, I, we I, was, didn't. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised. Did you play any junior? I tried junior? to qualify, but I didn't. Go. Or the junior. No. Mm. So. It's tough. Yeah, it is. You know, it's interesting. We we were talking before we talked to the caddy about Jason Gore, and I just wanted to make, um, I just wanted to read this quote by Rory McIlroy, and okay. and I think this is what it comes down to. When all is said and done, he said he said maybe the missing link is where Jason can take ideas from players and maybe articulate them better to Jay and the executive team and the board and everyone else. Um, he's a player advocate. He wants every everything to be as good as possible and the players to be as happy as possible, and it's a good addition. So I, I think, you know, when you've got a guy that is very outspoken as far as the players are concerned um, and Rory McIlroy's and, you know, some of the guys have been carrying the torch, um, they think that this is a great move. And there was, there was another quote coming out of the meeting um, this, this week that said uh, – 
you know, the PGA tour is the greatest tour in the world, but the PGA tour, um, is been pretty stagnant and it, it needs to, it needs to change. It needs to get better. And so I think between the players and tiger, um, being there with those 21 players at that meeting on Tuesday of the BMW championship and flying in for that, you know, I, I thought was really cool was that he didn't do it on a, on a zoom call or, a you know, a computer call. Um, he flew in, Ricky Fowler flew in plus another 19 guys and they all met and they hashed it out and it's been very tight lipped. Um, and I think, uh, I think things are, things are going to move along so because, what you, uh, guys what, don't like it. What's happening. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What, what do you think precipitated tiger making the flight? Because some people say it corresponded with the fact that cam Smith withdrew this week, citing hip discomfort, hip discomfort. Right. Yeah. So whether that is, in fact, the case now, we know he got penalized at two shots. I'm sure that didn't sit well with him. It's reported that Cam, uh, who also had a chance to be number one in the world if he won last week, and yeah. and he's reported to have already signed a deal with Liv. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. He said he'll he'll announce it. But he decided you know, to pull out of this event with hip discomfort, which I find, I mean, it's questionable, right? So on yeah. the heels of all of that, especially if he signed that deal with uh, with Liv, he's, his wallet's pretty heavy right now. So it might be have some hip discomfort. Yeah, it might be the size of a Costanza wallet, causing a little hip discomfort. Is that what you're <laughs> yeah. saying? Okay, I'm with you. It probably yeah. is. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, no, but listen, if he took if if he took getting that two shot penalty last week, you know, know the rules. He didn't know the rule that if the ball is on the line. It's considered in the hazard. You have to take complete relief from the hazard. No, I understand that. I'm guessing he knows that rule. He probably just hadn't noticed or didn't note or in the middle of it overlooked it somehow. I, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I'll tell you what. I don't like the, the Monday. I don't like the day after rulings. I, I don't. And I, and I know the argument is, well, at some point in time, if you discover that there was a, a rule broken and it's still in the middle of the event, then you don't do something about it because of, of a time frame. But Bob, I, I, I kind of think once the book's closed on that one, it's closed. Or at least by the time someone tees it up the next day and the new round begins, the, the previous day stuff's washed. I don't know. I mean, we see it. We used to see it more often, but we see it, uh, it was pretty commonplace that you'd be watching highlights on Sunday night from the NFL or Saturday night from college football, and they'd go back to a replay and say, you know, the winning touchdown came on this, but let's do a quick zoom in. Look, his heel actually was out of bounds here. The referee missed it, and it changed. And that that might have changed the outcome of the game. Yeah, but well, the game was over. I, I understand. And no, I, what, what, I get it, that it's different. What they different. say is that everything's in play until the tournament is finished and the winner is declared. Then once that, it's in the books and it's done. So, But you could also say the game was over when the round was over, if you're breaking the game down into rounds, because it, it affects things. But it's Bob, not. It's it, a 72-hole tournament. But it, but, it, but it affects the shift of all, all things, right? I mean, you're, it changes the pairings. It changes you know, it, it who it might have missed. Be that, it used to be that he would have – had a two-shot penalty and been disqualified right. from the tournament. Well, the penalty would have been you know irrelevant because oh. it would have been DQ'd. So yeah, yep. no, I get it. And now it's now it's at least you don't get DQ'd. That's how they say. Correct. It still doesn't Correct. say well. There needs to be I, to me. There needs to be some cutoff there. But anyway, um, that that's that. I, so going back to it though, I don't know that that's why 
you know? Correct. I mean, having a guy like Correct. Cam Smith, who, you know, is number two player in the world and the the current um, champion of the players and the current champion golfer of the year with the Claret Jug, that guy going over to live, that is a bit of a blow for sure to the PGA Tour if that in fact happens. Right. I don't know that's why Tiger flew in. I don't think it was like this emergency thing. To me, this feels no. like, and, and they did say that it was a carryover from the Adair, whatever, something that happened at Adair Manor at the J.P. McManus event back in yeah, Ireland before that, the, right? Tiger had a meeting. Mm. Tiger had a meeting there, and then he came out, made the comments he made at the British Open. Um, Rory and some of those players that were there in that meeting said, you know, we need to do this three or four times a year. We need it to be just the players um, and Tiger come and we need to, um, we're the PGA Tour, we're the product. We need to um, be the ones that that uh, that are kind of almost in control of the product and, and what happens well, as the players. That's the beginning of a players union is what it is. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's good and bad. But, you know, I mean, but but what I what I like about it is that Tiger, Tiger came to the meeting, and Tiger's the alpha dog, as Rory called him. And when Tiger's in the meeting, people listen. Tiger's been around the game for a long time. I said a month, month and a half ago, wouldn't surprise me if at some point Tiger doesn't become the commissioner of the PGA Tour. Or the president of the Players Association. Or the president of the Players Association. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, could there be a collective bargaining agreement in golf? You know, all that kinds of stuff um, would be really, really interesting. And it and it's going to be interesting to see what happens all because of LIV, what happens with the PGA Tour and how it progresses and how it morphs and changes and that kind of thing. So I don't want to be that guy, but if you go back to Phil's initial comments that he got roasted yep. on. Leverage. He said this was the, the one-time opportunity to use this as leverage to change the PGA Tour. Well, in some it's regards, happening. that's happening, right? Yep, yep. I do think there are probably more diplomatic ways to go about it, but maybe not. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things, the only thing that I have really heard that has come out of that meeting is that the top players need to play more often against one another. I agree. And and I agree. I, that does make some sense, right? Because you have certain events. And so the interesting thing is, is that do you start having, okay, you're a top. I don't know how you do that. How do you maintain? Yeah. And we, we can get into the con. I don't know how much time we're going to have to get into the contracts, but the, the live contracts essentially say you have to play all the events. Plus you have to spend time at the meet and greet. I thought that was interesting. At least five hours. You have yeah, to play five, in the five hours at, at, at a meet and greet. Yeah. Correct. The little meet and greet. So there's some, I, there's a, there, which you would expect if you guarantee those people that much money, you would you would want to make sure that they were Correct. committed to yep. some to, to what you needed and be committed to. No right? outside no outside media appearances. Everything has to be run through the through their their um their people and that to be kind approved. Of yeah, to do they anything. Have to play every yeah. single event. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. You you can't and you can't cause drama on media or social media or otherwise. That's correct. So that's why we just haven't heard much out of Brooks, yep. Bryson, Phil, these guys, Sergio. There's not no one saying anything anymore. They're just yep. like, hey, Cor we're we're just going to sit back. Outings and seven days this year and twelve days next year. Working days, not necessarily just Working corporate days. outings, but yeah, yes. they, they might need to be in meetings or yeah, and they yeah. have to actively recruit other players. That's part yep. of it as well. So yeah, anyway. some interesting things. My point is, is I don't know that you want to get this so wrapped up you want to maintain the flexibility that the players have enjoyed for so long on the pga tour but 
At the same time, I, I do like the idea of, hey, let's get the best players playing more often because that produces a better product, which reflects better on everybody on the PGA Tour. And the PGA Tour is, is where that product's going to take back. So a pretty interesting week. We'll see how this continues as the story unfolds seemingly every single week. Yep. Short break. We'll wrap up the show coming up next here on Real Golf Radio. Here's a simple solution for you. If you have back pain, knee pain, or any other pain in your body, it's as simple as drinking a glass of water every day. Your body is over 60% water, and drinking the best water you can get is crucial for your health. Echo Antioxidant Water, developed by Synergy Science, is the best water you can drink, and it's only available through this special radio offer. Over 1,000 research studies have shown that the powerful antioxidant used in Echo Antioxidant Water can reduce inflammation, improve brain function, help you sleep better, and boost gut health. With just two glasses a day, you can experience these benefits right from the comfort of your home. Some people have even replaced their morning coffee jolt with Echo Antioxidant Water. Call now and learn which Echo product by Synergy Science is right for you. We offer free shipping and a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Change your health by simply changing your water. 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. That's 800-944-1789. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them. And it's proudly made in the U.S. USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. 
Thanks again to everybody who joined us here on Real Golf Radio. Hour number one, a lot of U.S. amateur discussion. The 91 champ, Mitch Voges, joining us. Carson Lundell, who made it to the round of 32, joined us as well. Uh, also, the caddy here on the back nine, hour number two. All of our segments can be found on our Twitter feed, at Real Golf, or you can search Real Golf Radio wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Uh, again, uh, it's been an interesting one. Round two of the playoffs. Adam Scott with the halfway lead, eight under par. Scotty Shelfer, Cam Young, Corey Connors, Jordan Speed, all there at seven under par. And Cam Young is an interesting story because yeah. in the um, in the in the playoff events, there has never been more than one rookie that has made it into the into East Lake, and there are four coming into this week that were in that top 30, but currently only one in Cam Young expected to, or projected, I should say, to make it to East Lake. Yeah, he's at number six right now, projected to be there. The other three, Sahith Tagala is at 31 projected, Ji-Hoon Kim at 33, and Davis Riley at 34. All those guys entered the week inside the top 30. All right, we'll see if they can make a move and get back in. Still 36 holes to play. There's no cut. Everybody's still in this thing, and a lot of golf to be played. It's going to be a fun weekend. Love the playoffs and the finals in Boise going on as well. Thanks to our producer, Dave Glauser. For Bob Casper, I'm Brian Taylor. Enjoy this weekend in golf. Hey, sports fans, this is Andy Dorf. Check out my show, Dorf on Sports, Byline Sunday, each and every Sunday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific time on Dorf on Sports, on the Sports Byline USA radio network and sportsbyline.com. Hi, this is Rick Tittle. Make sure to tune into my show, Titillating Sports, every Monday through Friday, and it'll be three hours from 9 to noon on the West Coast, noon to 3 on the East. Once again, Check me out, Titillating Sports, every weekday on Sports Byline.